Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on GK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stump. The Pirates are doing better than expected so far early this season. And it's a point that's been brought up many times. They're doing it without Hayes so far. Now, they can't continue this success without Hayes long-term. And again, 2021, odds are definitely stacked against him in general. But getting Hayes back, if nothing else, would be good for his development. It, will be, it can only benefit the team. And it is a bit concerning now that we look at it, and it's been four, almost four weeks now without him. And he's probably going to be out over a month total from whenever he first hit the injured list in Chicago to the second game of the season. Not like another month on top of this, but, you know, just he missed a month. He's going to miss a month at least from this. So it comes down to how concerned should we be about this wrist? Maybe not long, long term, chronic, whatever, but just for 2021. How concerned should we be about this? On Wednesday, sports medicine director Todd Tomzik gave the, hey, you know, he got re-examined. There's no new structural damage. He's fine. I had a source tell me that he's been feeling better and that he is, or he should, swing a bat at some point in the next week. In which case, you know, that would... That'd be a good sign of, okay, he's getting back. That was one of the last check bo- or boxes that they needed to check before he was going to be activated off the injured list. That obviously didn't happen. He takes a swing in batting practice. Maybe, you know, like a day or two before they would activate him anyway. He has a setback, has to go back to Pittsburgh. All that stuff. Okay. I'm willing to buy that the first swing is a bad swing and just it got re-aggravated, but you don't want this to be chronic, which is why it's fine that the Pirates are taking their time and maybe being overly cautious with this. Because the 2021 season results-wise doesn't matter. What does matter is a handful of these players, how they get through this year, how they develop. Can they get through this year healthy without any long-term issues popping up? And so, yeah, yeah, there, there makes it makes no sense to try to have Hayes play through this injury. And honestly, if, if he was just going to hit the IL again after a couple days, after being activated, like if he would have been in those alternate site games, then yeah, maybe this is fine. You know, just really, let's do it right. Do it right. Because Hayes is the one guy that you can't really mess with here. Long term. Should we be concerned about this being chronic? I'm not. I'm not yet. I am a bit concerned about the 2021 season, though, because if for no other reason, he's missed a month, and he's a rookie. And yeah, he's been outstanding whenever he's been on the diamond in the major leagues, but he's been out a month and he's a rookie. There are going to be, there's no guarantee that his timing's going to be okay. Like, I mean, he could come back in the same way that he did from the alternate site last year where he was facing, you know, mostly minor league pitchers, guys who had been 
optioned or designated for assignment again. That could be the case again here. You know, he just comes back and, you know, hits the ground running again. At some point, Hayes is going to have that first slump, and I think I, I'd be a little concerned if it comes whenever he comes back from this injury. And, of course, not all slumps are the same. Like, you know, Philip Evans in Minnesota hit a couple foul balls that were just pulled foul that if they broke, like, a collective two feet to the right instead, like, he would have had a couple doubles in that series. So I'm not super worried about, like, a Philip Evans in that regard whenever he's going through this slump because I still see some of the things that he did well. It's different than, like, whenever we see Gregory Polanco just look absolutely lost at the plate. Key has never been through uh, a major league slump. Anything significant. Maybe he had, like, a couple offers last year. That's going to be... That's one of those things that, as cliche as it is, whenever you have a rebuilding team, it's easier to say things like this. You want the guy to be punched a little bit so you can see how he punches back, how he adjusts, how he goes through the game. He's anticipating the league adapting to him. He's going to have to adapt back. It's always going to be a cat and mouse game. That's the nature of baseball. So, do we want that first time where he has to adjust with the wrist maybe not being 100%? And I'm sure the Pirates aren't going to send him out. And Hayes himself, they have been very complimentary of Hayes and how open he has been with his body. This is tough for him. He's 24 years old. He wants to go. He wants to go. He wants to play. And, you know, the fact that he has the maturity to know, hey, let's take care of my body. This is a long-term thing. It's a good sign from that player. The Pirates have been very complimentary about that throughout this entire process. Good. If you make an adjustment, though, or if you're trying to play that cat-and-mouse game with pitchers and something might linger, something might pop back up the same way that it did in those swings against the high-velocity machine. This Pirates team has been pretty good so far without Hayes. Now, part of that is because Philip Evans, he's cooled off since then, I know, I, I just brought up the results thing. But Philip Evans had a great start to the season and made it much more bearable to lose him. Eric Gonzalez, again, another guy that you got to take in spurts. I don't think anyone in Pittsburgh is really like, yeah, make Eric Gonzalez an everyday player going forward all the time. He's a good bench player, but he's driving in runs right now. Now, part of that is because he's had a lot of opportunities. It's... It's about not just what the production the Pirates have gotten out of third base, though. It's about what future production can you count on from them. Because at some point, the Pirates are going to need to give another outfielder a rep. Philip Evans is filling in there, filling in there now. He's a utility player. That's, that's what he is. Brian Reynolds is probably better off playing and playing and left over the course of his career. The center. He's doing fine at center field right now, but he grades out better at a corner. There's there's some juggling that's going on right now. You kind of have to whenever you only have a four-man bench. You don't exactly have a lot of options. The options, for the most part, that the Pirates have brought up 
that have been here for most of the year have done well. Warmer Defoe, I, I have no you know, delusions that Wilbur Defoe is going to continue to hit well over, la- over the course of the season, but he's been a pleasant little surprise so far in a very small sample size. But you can't count on these guys over the course of 162. If the Pirates were competitive, they or expected to be competitive, I guess I should say. Because this is a team that came in, you know, forecasted to be in last or one of the last place teams in all of baseball. And it's it's a good morale win to dig out of that one and six hole, you know, and not just have it snowball there. That they got back to 500, dipped their head up for a little bit. That's good. That's good. I don't think anyone is really expecting the Pirates to continue to play 110 win pace, 110 win pace ball, you know, over the course of the season like they have over these last 16. It's just a, hey, this is a nice little blurb, a nice little, you know, fundamentals are working. They're playing good baseball against some good teams. That's encouraging. But how many games can you really count on to win where Kevin Newman and Jacob Stallings pull off a perfect hit and run? How many games can you count on to win with the bullpen's just been fantastic, but is it built for the long haul? Brian Hayes adds something. I don't know if it's going to be enough to do something in 2021 or even 2022. But he is the most important position player on the roster right now because of what he represents. Got to make sure he's healthy before you bring him back. Hopefully, whenever that happens, he is actually prepared for the league to punch back for him. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. Alright, enough hitting. I, I want to talk some pitching, particularly the bullpen, who I know Wednesday, they're not the reason why they lost. I mean, it was Keller, they were given a tall task. Stratton, second inning, misplays by Defoe, just, it, it, it's a lot of little stuff like that. Not a great outing from the bullpen. Which is very out of the norm because they have been very good. Very, very good this season. Outside of that Cincinnati series, I guess I should say also. For most of the year, they've been really good, though. And they've got as lethal, as far as you know results this season goes, as lethal of a one-two punch to close it out in, in Richard Rodriguez and Kyle Crick. Crick, in particular, has just 
had a great bounce back. I, I brought him up in a mound visit recently where I, I, I looked at what's, <laughs> what's going on, like how can he get better. The fastball location is concerning. I brought up maybe bringing the sinker because he tends to throw that to the hand side better, which would play and tunnel off of the slider more. That's all theory with that. But then again, I'm, I'm giving all these notes to a guy who has a 0.00 ERA right now. Like, Crick's been really good. He has spin. He has movement. He's locating a little better. And Richard Rodriguez, my goodness. The guy's just become a fastball machine. Like, he... Uh, who was it? Tyler Anderson joked at the end of Tuesday's game, whenever he said, you know, whenever Richard Rodriguez throws a slider anymore, it's like, what's the matter? You're scared? The guy's just thrown almost nothing but fastballs over the last couple weeks, and they just aren't hitting it. That's encouraging for this team going forward, especially towards the trade deadline, because... Richard Rodriguez in particular, I don't see him being a part of this team long-term. Kyle Crick, teams could value him less because of those bad years in 2019 and 2020, and therefore you don't get the package of what you want. Richard Rodriguez, I think, could get like a, a better, but just set it as, like a, as a floor, as a potential deal. The floor being what the Pirates gave up to get Keone Kella. Both of them will have the same amount of control, make about the same amount of money. Kella had a little bit of a better pedigree. Rodriguez has had more consistent good results and is having a better year right now. I think that's a good floor for like a potential deal right there. Like a really an encouraging pitching prospect and a lottery ticket tacked on. I think that's fair. I think that's, you know, what the Pirates are going to be looking for at this trade deadline, unless they are still hovering around 500 or have a winning record or just are in some sort of playoff picture. It's a tall task. It's a long way. It's in the future. Good thing. The beautiful thing about podcasts is a lot of this is kind of, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, disposable media. Like, I don't think people go back, especially sports. Like, it's, it's one thing if you go back and, like, listen to Conan O'Brien as a friend. It's like, oh, I miss Timothy Oliphant. You know, I, I'm going to go watch that episode. Listen to that episode. You know, I missed that a couple months ago. Sports, nobody really wants to hear ta- hot takes from April whenever it's July. So, that's kind of a challenge, trying to come up with some stuff that, that has a little bit of staying power. It's easier on the Prospect Podcast, which you should listen to. It comes out on Saturdays. It's called Young Bucks. I hosted with Jared Prugar. I think getting way back, I got way off topic there. With Richard Rodriguez and Kyle Crick, you got a great back end of the bullpen. It's the middle relievers that are making this a great bullpen in general, though. And that's always the case. Like Dwayne Underwood Jr., that changeup, what he brings to what he offers there is really good. What what Clay Holmes has done, I don't think 
a lot of people came into this year thinking like, oh, Clay Holmes is going to be this great monster. But if you did read the old mound visits, I did crack the door. They were saying there was some potential that hadn't been tapped into yet. We're starting to see that. He had that one, one bad outing in Cincinnati. Besides that, he's been rock solid this year. I mean, great outing Wednesday. Bednar, he's, he's going to be the closer of the future, I'm convinced. Stratton had a bad outing today, but good overall. Howard with one of the best swinging strike rates in all baseball. And you know what? Look at that bullpen. Howard, waiver claim. Dwayne Underwood Jr. was acquired for next to nothing because he'd just been designated for assignment. Stratton, same thing. Richard Rodriguez, minor league free agent. Like, the only two people who came here through somewhat traditional means where they're like, yeah, this guy could actually be a, a reliever for the, your major league team were Crick and Bednar, and they weren't the, you know, centerpieces of those trades. Reynolds was in, in the McCutcheon trade, and Bednar, Bednar might not even be, like, fourth on that list of, like, who the parts really lusted after to get that deal done. That's, that's at least how I'm interpreting it. I don't know how many times a deal gets held up because of a, because of a young reliever like that. Not saying that the Padres just threw him in that trade. Pirates were looking for a talent, but I don't think it's like, no, we cannot make this deal without this relief pitcher. Just like, I, <laughs> there's no other way around it. We can't talk about other players, and it has to be a relief pitcher right there. So they, they were people that the Pirates obviously targeted, they liked, but they weren't the centerpieces of their traits. Is the short version of that tangent right there. This bullpen has been built through giving them opportunities. And there was a lot of pruning to get there with the Dopozos and the Nevaraskases and the Hollands and, you know, just guys who put them in the bullpen. Let's see what they do with that opportunity. They don't do much. These guys were basically given the same opportunities and they showed something. And now they're getting a different opportunity in a lot of cases like Howard's, like Underwood, like Holmes, where they're pitching leverage innings. That's new too. And you know what? They're taking advantage of those opportunities as well. If there is any pathway for this Pirates team to remain relevant for months from now, months from now. And I'm not even saying competitive. I'm saying stick around 500. It's a bad division. That might play. You know, just just look like, you know, okay, this team's fighting. For them to be at that point in 2021, it's going to be because of the bullpen. There's no other way around it. Like, Hayes could come back Friday and just have this monster rest of the season, and he's just going to be one out of nine guys there. The bullpen, it's all about preventing runs because this offense is just not going to produce all that many. And if you can make a lot of six or seven inning games, that goes a long way. That's how you end up being like the 2014 Pittsburgh Pirates, who roster-wise, yeah, they had McCutcheon and everything, but they were hanging on on offense basically by... Kutch, 
Walker having a career year, and Josh Harrison just absolutely going, you know, crazy for a year. After that, you know, it's besides that, like that starting rotation wasn't getting them through. It was the bullpen. Good bullpens can, especially whenever you have an expanded one like the Pirates have right now, a good bullpen could go a long way of masking the sins of the starting rotation. In this rotation, it has sins. There's some potential. There's been some good. Brubaker's been very good. Anderson's been pleasant. Keller, Wednesday we just saw not a good outing. And it's been kind of good, bad, good, bad with him this year. If you have good bullpens, though, you could get through a lot easier. And you could win a lot of games that maybe you got outplayed in. Thank you for listening to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Alex J. Stump. All that good stuff. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again.